Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and awaken from cryogenic sleep for episode 480. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty are good. Are you all thawed out? All thawed out? Yeah. From our cryogenic sleep? Yeah. Yeah. I've got, you know, that just that little, you know, you when you wake up, you've got to stretch a little bit and get it worked out. Just kind of, ah, I still got that, but. I, I have ice chips in my ears. <laughs> Did you guys watch anything this week? We are watched we, WandaVision. I was just say, are we all caught up on WandaVision, or we have to wait till next week to talk about it? Mine will be tomorrow. Ah. Are you watching both and, and, episodes, Sean? I, that's that's, that's a very good question. I don't know the answer to. You should, or you guys will be two weeks behind everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I will push for that. They're only uh, third, They're less. both less than 30 minutes apiece. So. Oh, well, then. Yeah, yeah we're pretty sure. Should be able to nail that. Uh, no, Mel and I continued our uh, our uh, Criterion list uh, for the year, and uh, this week our uh, selection was a film from the 1930s, and we watched Holiday with Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn, which is another one I've never seen. It was quite enjoyable. Holiday? I don't think I've seen that. It's a good one. He's a, uh, a you know man about town. Who uh, falls in love with a uh, a woman and then meets her family and realizes that oh you're you're those Setons they're they're quite well off and and uh, well to do uh. and uh, you can kind of tell from the immediate get go that she has some ulterior plans for him joining the business and uh, you know working at Daddy's bank mm. uh, but it's not until he meets Catherine Hepburn who's the other sister that you go ah well these are the two free spirits that need to be matched up. <laughs> <laughs> and it would count as another uh, one of those movies that uh, there's a fairly large sequence of it that is set on New Year's Eve at a party. So you can add oh. that to your, your your actual holiday listings if you would like. My festive holiday nice. viewing. Glenn, did you watch anything? I finally got around to watch uh, Wonder Woman 80, what, 84. And you're right. It's pretty much a hot. <laughs> it's pretty much a hot mess. <laughs> There are, are things in it that I like. Ah, just it. There, there's too many tropes. <laughs> uh, it's too it's too cheesy in spots. It's a little over the top, and I agree that um, there's a lot of scenery, scenery chewing from from the bad guy, quote unquote bad guy in it. Um, there there are things that are redeemable redeemable about it. Um, I think that. Uh, Gal Gadot just still knocks it out of the park in her performance. She's just she's the embodiment of Wonder Woman. Um, but I, I don't know. You, did you see it uh, yet, Keith? I have not. Okay, so I won't go too much into spoiler territory then. But it just it it. I was disappointed. I was hoping from for something more or something better, and it just kind of ends up being middle of the road. It's not terrible. It's not a terrible movie in it by any means, but. I mean, I've seen worse, but, um, yeah, it's just, it didn't land. <laughs> Keith, did you get anything watched? Other than WandaVision, no, which I enjoyed. I thought it was fun. Um, so <laughs> should we move on to news? Yeah, not a lot of news this week. Uh, BBC has announced that there will be 
seven new novelizations in target. the target book range. Yeah. So previously novelized, but not in the target book range, Resurrection of the Daleks, Revelation of the Daleks, and the TV movie, as well as the Pirate Planets. So all of those, oh, with their prior authors, aside from TV movie, which is being novelized by Gary Russell, and then three new new series novel uh, stories: Dalek, The Witchfinders, and The Crimson Aura, all <laughs> novelized by their screenwriters. And so this now we have a Thirteenth Doctor novelization, which I kind of wish they have. You guys seen the covers of all? I of have these? seen the covers. Yeah. I get why they left hers the new logo, but I kind of wish because it's the Target style, it stayed the old logo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Fairly certain that I have, or had, um, before I stupidly got rid of them, there were uh, several different logos across the the Target line before they kind of settled in on the uh, the one. Because I know I, I know that I had a couple that have the new, uh, well, the new at the time, the, the neon tubing fifth doctor mm-hmm. header yep you're right um and um i know i had one, at least one with the diamond font uh yeah the font it didn't ever have the the diamond behind it but it did have the diamond font there was also one with the seventh doctor font as well they did those for a while i don't think i had any of those i don't remember this i think seventh doctor seems like it was primarily reserved for the uh virgin new adventures i'm excited it, it's one of those double-edged swords where it makes me want to collect them again and i oof, yeah no because <laughs> even if you do try to there's still going to be holes since you know they haven't released you'd have a smattering of new series but not everything yet so yeah and and, and knowing that i had some and and foolishly discarded them and uh, you know, then I would feel the, the urge to try and get those back. And then there's the whole, well, but you already have this, you know, in actual episode format. So do you really need the novelization of the book? <laughs> and I could make a justification for that. And, you know, then my brain would be like, well, where do you put these on the shelf? Are you going to put it next to the DVD or are you going to... I just don't need the pressure of getting into that. <laughs> and who has the shelf space too? Right, right. Far too much anxiety. All right. Well, what else we got news? In other news, David Tennant and Peter Davison are going to share the stage, the audio (laughs) stage again. (laughs) (laughs) In a new Doctor Who story for uh, Big Finish this time. It's going to be called Out of Time, The Gates of Hell, and they're going to be facing off against Cybermen. That sounds cool. I, I, I know that th- th- this is legit news. I know that they really haven't done all that much together, you know, in character. But I feel like every time, I, I feel like there's an abundance of information, it seems like, that comes out about David Tennant and, 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 and Davidson. And I feel like every time you start that, it's going to be followed up with, well, David Tennant and Peter Davidson are going to be barbecuing in the backyard this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because... It just, it just feels like that. Is it just me? I just feel like David Tennant's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he is seemed to be everywhere right yeah. now. That Torchwood thing. And apparently, I don't know, I missed this bit of news. This story is the second of a trilogy of multi-doctor specials that Big Finish is doing. And in August 2020, 
the tenth doctor met the fourth doctor. Yeah, yeah. I think I thought I told you guys I listened to that one. I, I think you did, but I don't remember you mentioning the fourth doctor or the tenth doctor. Oh yeah, no, I, I listened to that. That was it was good. It was really good. I, yeah, no, that yeah that came out last year. It was it's a really good story too. I really enjoyed it. I didn't realize that it was. You said multi. I didn't realize it like. I guess I didn't know it was the first one in a series of the ones they were going to do. But are they all going to be with the Tenth Doctor, <laughs> the Tenth Doctor, I, and some other be. Doctor? He must be because <laughs> part of his farewell tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, so that's coming out next this year. I'm excited for that. I think that'll be fun. I like those. The the one with he and uh, Tom Baker was was a joy to listen to. It was really good. All right. Well, should we move on to, speaking of the fourth Doctor, our reviews? Actually, we probably ought to do, uh, probably ought to do the uh, short story first. Because I think, I think, I think, chronologically, they work that way. (laughs) I think. I had it pulled up earlier. I didn't look. I think it does. I think chronologically exit strategy happens before and after. <laughs> but but I think it's I think it's right before. All right, you ready for the the official Doctor Who synopsis? Oh dear. Go ahead. The Dalek strategist considers its options. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> ah. I like this story as a neat wrap up to kind of everything unfortunately we read it before we have finished <laughs> and learned consequences of all flesh is grass so but we also kind of knew where it's headed because of mutually assured destruction and i think we know that, the daleks escape with the eighth doctor on board and then the eighth doctor causes havoc and you know right pulls everybody everybody flung, and everything out into the, in the, the vortex yeah yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right, and, and but I'm I guess in a perfect world I would have done mutually assured de- uh, destruction and this after all flesh is grass. But yeah, definitely. Oh, how soon I change my stripes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this. I like that the strategist is sort of pondering his fate, and we kind of get a recap of of what has happened, and that the emperor's backup plan has failed for them to take out. Uh, Gallifrey, um, you know that that this is the ultimate end. But I also like. The, I think the best thing about this story, there's not much to it, but the best thing about this story is when the strategist is thinking to himself about, you know, well, you know, uh, time was the ultimate enemy, and uh, the ultimate enemy, and the Daleks have created temporal weapons in the past, and the Time Lords have modified Dalek history, but neither side has yet fought an entire war where the background yeah. was time. And then he said, and the weapon, uh, where the weapons used were time. Fascinating. I love the way it ends. It's really, really cool. Um, Just the hints that, you know, he is part of the manipulations that kicks off the time war. Time war, yep. Full. yep. Yeah. It also leaves us with him going somewhere where we don't necessarily know where he, you know, because he, he sort of phases to somewhere else and they leave it a bit open empty. He does an uh, emergency temporal shift and they leave it a little open-ended as to what happened next so yeah i like the idea of the strategist being out there somewhere yeah i kind of wondered if maybe we had gone down this road of of uh the strategist being the one that survived in in space i still i had to go back because i thought oh maybe maybe this was the because uh, i think 
Sean had suspected that early on. And then I think I hinted to it last week or so. But then the more I, I, I thought about it, I went back and looked again and they'd specifically say it's a drone Dalek that's in that ice. So it's, it, and obviously uh, genetics of the Daleks, we presume must be that same drone that the emperor got the message from. So, yeah. And it specifically says drones. So we'll just have to wonder where the strategist ended up. Maybe that was purposely done because he's uh, being uh, primed for a return at some point. Yeah, I wonder. He's. I think he he's. A, be. I, I mean, think he's a bit of a fan favorite. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of reviews of Time Lord Victorious materials, and a lot of people always speak highly of how well the strategist is written. So he, at the very least, is a writer's favorite. You can tell everybody yeah. who writes for the strategist really relishes in what they do with them. I would agree. Uh, I don't know much more to say about this other than it, it just really kind of puts a cap on the, the Daleks it's story. It's a nice little story. coda. At least the, it puts a cap on the Time Squad for the most part. Yeah. Um, mostly because, I mean, we do have one drone that escapes and, and gets the message back and starts this whole loop again. But should we move on to genetics of the Daleks then? Cryo suspension revival complete. Subject regaining consciousness. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Time Lord Victorious, Genetics of the Daleks. He was right. This unit has been opened and emptied. Captain? Yes, Swan? Someone's been down here, removing alloys and replication tech. I, I'm afraid I'm as much in the dark as you are. All I can tell you is, I'm here to help. Probably means you're in terrible danger. Intruder defense system activated. I will kill you for this! I was wondering, if it's not too much to ask, whether you'd mind terribly locking me up somewhere else, somewhere more secure. But even so, it's just one Dalek. Oh, it's just one Dalek? <laughs> Famous last words of countless civilizations. You have done well. They do not suspect. The machine you created for me activated. Yes. Big finish. We love stories. I like this. I liked it a lot. Um, I did too. I like that. It, well, first of all, it's it's the Daleks and the uh, Fourth Doctor. So, wow, it's already going to get high marks for me. But um, <laughs> I like the idea of a colony ship on its way to uh, its destination uh, in the far future, having to, you know, knowing that the, the journey's so long that it has to put the uh, passengers in cryo, cryogenic sleep. And then, you know, periodically wake up crews so that they can continue to pilot the ship. Um, well, it's a very familiar thing for the Fourth Doctor's era. It really yeah. is. In fact, there's at one point I had wondered if this was part of the group that uh, ends up at uh, Destination Nerva, but uh, it, they didn't really connect it in any way uh, no. other than just the parallels that, that they have to it. Um, but I also thought it was kind of cool to have the two people on there that are, that are sabotaging things and their intent mm -hmm. is to replace some of the crew members and then, then, uh, take over, uh, this ship, which is a subplot in itself, 
only to have <laughs> which could have been a main plot in and of itself. <laughs> right, right. Only to have the Dalek, which is uh, in the scientific hold where <laughs> the one idiot is uh, <laughs> uh, chipping him out of the ice. <laughs> and uh, it very much in a, a revolution or uh, resolution of the Daleks um, plot structure. Uh, convincing mm-hmm. the the guy to do more for it than it he should have actually done. So, um, but it, it it's cool. They all, uh, we also get kind of the reference of a Dalek outside of its casing being able to control uh, human, which I think is only the second time we've gotten that since the the uh, well third time I suppose with time we've gotten that. Um, with the exception of the Thirteenth uh, Doctor stories with the Daleks, uh, where we mm-hmm. learned that they could do that, so it's kind of nice that they're kind of retroactively uh, applying it to some other Doctor Who as well. I think that it works now as part of the continuity. Um, I also think that I I sort of went back and forth on this last or a couple weeks ago, but I think that this is the Dalek that escapes from the game that we played, the Hollow Planet. I think yes. it ends up on this ship, and then obviously at the end, the nice little cliffhanger ending. It it's the one that moves on to the escape room game as well. Um, clearly, this ship is the crashed ship that you are uh, trying to achieve whatever goal you're trying to achieve in in the uh, um, escape room game. A Dalek awakens. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I think it's it it serves very well as a setup uh, to that, but with the exception of the cliffhanger ending, it, it the whole story really does stand on its own. It is one of the few, not the few. It's one of the handful or or half a dozen stories in these that do work by themselves and work as a tie-in to Time Lord Victorious. Yeah, I like the fact that the tie-in to Time Lord Victorious is just a matter of this is a survivor of what happened. And it seizes the opportunity because the doctor is there to try to avert what happened by having a conversation with him. And that's pretty much the sh- large and short of it. I mean, it's just, you know, trying to warn the tent, the doctor, what the tent doctor is going to do mm-hmm. and the doctor not really believing him. Right. Right. It was a clever way to tie it in without making it too plot centric. I, I also like and disagree that, um, with you guys. Go ahead, Sean. I, um, I I'm torn on this one because there's there's a lot to it that I I did enjoy, and there was a lot to it that I thought was going to be very very. Oh, what a great idea! And instead, it really kind of it it, it was a, almost a little too safe. It was very standard Doctor Who. And um, I know I'm the, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the worst person in the history of ever to talk about this stuff. Because in one breath I will tell you how much I enjoy my, my Doctor Who to come from this cookie cutter formula that I, I enjoy so much. And then I will turn around and complain when, when episodes deviate or, or, or stick to that. And they're, they're too cookie cutter. Um, but this one felt a little too cookie cutter for me. I, I, I love the setting. I thought the spaceship was great. 
Um, as you said, it was very in fitting with kind of the fourth doctor's era, totally someplace he would have landed. Um, I liked the, uh, the overall plot of, you know, whoever these villains are replacing themselves as members of the crew. And then, you know, having a Dalek on ice in the, in the med bay is like, okay, here's our wrinkle. And I can forgive a large chunk of the Dalek shenanigans from the standpoint that they, they drop a couple of lines early about, well, nobody's seen one in forever. You know, for, for the, the, the horror stories of the Daleks are not as prevalent in this day and age as uh, apparently they have been in, in the past. So there's still this morbid curiosity about them. And that goes a long way toward kind of smoothing over some of the issues. And yet, as Glenn pointed out, this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing we're going to do? Well, I'm going to, you know, give it access to the computer and I'm going to restore its systems and I'm going to, you know, well, yeah, of course I took the gun off of it. It's, you know, I'm over here screaming, <laughs> shoot it now, shoot it now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, obviously we, we have the advantage of hindsight, foresight, being outside the story, whatever you would like to call it. But you've already got a couple of anomalies. You've got a stowaway. You've got people waking up who, you know, you, you've got things disappearing from store. That all together is immediately enough to go, hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know if any of this is related to the Dalek, but step one, we're flushing it out an airlock. We don't need it. <laughs> I also felt that the, the, oh, being a, you know, such a stereotypical mad scientist, uh, he's out here to discover and he's, he's going to, you know, my God, think of everything we could learn in his, his, his noble, uh, noble quest dealing with this thing and how easily he was perverted. That's kind of like, eh, we've. We've, we've kind of done that, but well, this whole, all right, this whole story well, is we kind of done that. I mean, I think that's why you feel like it's a very cookie cutter and I would agree. I'm not, I won't disagree with what you're saying. I think though that the elements of the whole, because it feels so familiar, maybe is why I kind of liked having that safety net, especially with all the stuff that we've done. That's been a little high minded or different or, um, you know, not so cookie cutter and kind of thought outside the box. So I think coming to this one as more of a security blanket for me is probably why I enjoyed it. Because you're right, there's a lot of familiarities in it. There's the the cryogenic sleep that is very typical of the Fourth Doctor era. There is the, you know, the Doctor being captured and uh, being the pacifist that he is, figuring out how to keep himself from getting killed while he's in captivity by, you know, <laughs> telegraphing to the his captors that, you know, he's, he's just going to stay right here. Something's wrong. I mean, that's, that's very much in line. We've, we've seen that happen before that sort of thing. So I would agree that, that there is a lot of familiarity with this story, but I think for me, it was, it was such an enjoyable, fun time that I was okay with the comfort zone of it. And I think the, some, the, the familiarity that bothered me the most, it was a lot of the Dalek stuff because it's so similar to resolution of the Daleks I mean there's a Dalek that gets saved and a, ma a guy that gets under control and then they have the idea of all these Daleks being bred I, I know they're it's a slight 
change in the fact that they're manipulating the genetics, but they were feeding the Daleks humans anyways, so it's still kind of mixing the two together. And then they're going to create uh, casings for them all. So all of that aspect is very similar to each other. And so what for me, what I enjoyed about it is the spaceship stuff, the cryogenic sleep, the stuff with the syndicate. And then the Dalek stuff, once I kind of got past of, oh, we're doing the exact same thing we just did at New Year's. Okay. I just went with it and had fun. Oh, how the short-term memory um, affects you. Uh, they were using humans in order to uh, manipulate their uh, genetics all the way back to the long game. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, you know, again, yeah, again, it's it's something that's Daleks been used and, before and, and yeah. is a Dalek device. So uh, your your argument still stands. I thought it was funny, though, because it was so recent in memory that you compared it to the uh, most recent time. And if it hadn't been as recent, it probably would not have been a thing right. that kind of flagged it for me right. you know yeah. i know they've done it in the past it's just we just did this and it's not to its fault it's not genetics of the daleks fault they probably didn't have the script to resolution how would they know right no i i'm, I'm... In, in fairness they did release theirs first yeah. that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> had we listened to this first we would have had more even more problems with resolution yeah that's true I think it's funny that the Daleks have this very forward thinking, well, we're going to liquefy humans and use their genetic DNA to strengthen us. Oh, we're going to, and it's, it's kind of been a prevailing thought process. We've seen this idea crop up before and, you know, again and again, um, to the point where even, and I won't get too into it, but even the novel that we're going to review next week, that in a way that is a, a piece of what's happening um, with, well, we're going to, you know, add other DNA to us to make us stronger. And yet the Daleks are so Puritan and, you know, you can't do that. No, you are not Dalek anymore. Even though that's part of the joke, I guess, is that there is no pure Dalek anymore. to, To be fair, we have different eras of Daleks and we have different factions of Daleks that, that have believed different things we have. And, and, uh, uh, resurrection of the Daleks was sort of the catalyst for the, the civil war, but there there's, we've had that all the time where we've had Dalek factions that are like, you know, you using genetics in order to advance their, uh, species. And we've had the group of Daleks that have been very, you know, pure, we don't taint the, the, the genetic, uh, code. So I think that this one, you can easily just slot into that. This group, in fact, the, the, the new emperor, uh, or the golden emperor of this time and his, uh, legion of Daleks are basically the ones that don't, you know, that adhere to the fact that using other species genetics to advance, uh, Daleks and make them stronger is okay. But there would be another group somewhere else that are, you know, that would be absolutely wrong. So I think you can separate them. I don't, I don't think, I mean, it's easy for me to say that, but I think with so many Dalek stories out there and their, their timeline being so vastly broad, I think it's okay to say, well, this is a time or this is a faction that it's okay. So I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look to that as a, a fault. 
Yeah, no, you then have to ask yourself, well, okay, which timeline is this? Is it, you know, are we dealing with Daleks of the fourth Doctor's era because it's a fourth Doctor story? Or does that whatever gap that they've been off the off the stage for a while indicate that maybe this is set further down the road before the uh, new Daleks, uh, you know, have come into play? And you I don't know. There, there, the cover and you have a gold one. No, I, yeah. get the, I get the impression that this group that we're dealing with now is the lead up to the Time Lord, the Time War Daleks. So I, yeah. think, I think we're at that point in the time. As Lord. these uh, little books that come with the uh, figurines call them the Restoration Era. Right. Restoration Era. Thank yeah. you. I couldn't think of the, the word because we needed another R. <laughs> <laughs> Restoration of the Daleks. Yes. But yeah, so th- th- there was that. Um, I enjoyed Tom Baker very much. Uh, he, he once again is just you know having fun. Um, I was also a little soured on the ending. I think the uh, the, the wrap up came a little too quick, a little too conveniently. Oh, we just blew him up. Okay, there's that's it. There was no. They didn't have to. They didn't have to work to to get to that resolution. You know, they just they just kind of fell into their lap. That well, this chick does her thing, and then feedback loop, and then they blow up. Okay, good. Well, well okay, we'll see. You, we'll see you later. Never mind that we're leaving this one guy, you know, on on the ship who had his whole family down in cryo storage, liquefied and fed to the Daleks. Yeah. I'm sorry. This guy is suicidal. And he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna crash this Starliner into the nearest sun. Right. You 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 don't do the the irresponsible thing and leave him alone. And then he does an even worse irresponsible. The fourth thing. doctor does. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does an even worse irresponsible thing. He goes down to the 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 storage or the the science bay and goes. Well, here's pieces of this Dalek. No, 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 no. It's like, dude, come on. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, it's a Dalek story, and specifically this Dalek has to survive to create the, you know, the perils in the next piece of this overarching story. So I have to allow it, but... It's <laughs> a little, little, little too pat. I concur. I see. I see your point, Sean. I still don't think it. To me, it wasn't enough to to put it in the oh, I didn't quite like it category. But I still enjoyed all of it, despite everything that you've pointed out about it. Especially since, as I was listening to it, I forgot it was setting up an escape room. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's why <laughs> I, I say just got sucked into it that much. Well, that's just why I, I say that. That's why I say it certainly does stand on its own. It does not have to be a prequel to that. It doesn't. And in fact. I think if you went and did this escape room, it would only serve as a connection of, oh, okay, I get this. Not necessarily anything in this would serve you in, you know, preparing yourself to do the escape room. I think it's oh, probably, yeah, absolutely it's not. probably separated enough, but you might see little things and little glimmers and go, oh, okay, I remember that from that audio, that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, uh, just just seasoning. Yeah, exactly. Easter eggs. Anything else on this one? Well, let's move on and talk about the schedule. What do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? 
Well, coming up on the schedule is, at least for the time being, our final entry in Time Lord Victorious. Uh, we will be discussing uh, two additional Doctor Who comic maker issues, uh, Tales from the Dark Times, episodes four and five. And then the uh, novel by Una McCormick, All Flesh is Grass, which is uh, kind of the sign-off, uh, at least what we're, we're, we're leading to believe, <laughs> being led to believe, is, is kind of the sign-off event. There are still a few more pieces of Time Lord Victorious that are out and about, uh, some of which have had their release dates change and uh, so will not be readily available, but we will pick those up uh, a little bit later on when they are widely available uh, so that we can uh, give them a view along with, uh, you know, we'll kind of go back and give you a complete overview of everything. But those are what's coming up next. And then a surprise. And you can, uh, you can look forward to reading all about that on our website later this week. So be sure to check out travelingthevortex.com for that update while you're there. Uh, if you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on our Patreon link and consider supporting us. Also, uh, consider giving us a five-star review wherever you uh, subscribe to podcasts, especially on the Apple iTunes store um, or the Apple podcast uh, site. That uh, five-star review is uh, goes way above and beyond in boosting our uh, uh the attention for this show. So we appreciate if you could do that. If you haven't given us a five-star review there, please consider doing so and make sure you join in the conversation on our listeners forum on Facebook. Anything else we need to touch on before we close this one out, guys? If not, I believe and, so. until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.